Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Freedom Church, how are you? It's so good to see each of you here today. Thank you for coming, and we're so excited. Would you guys give some love again to all the dads in the house today? Now, another hand clap of praise. Let's give praise to our Heavenly Father. He deserves it, doesn't he? Praise God. And one more thing. Will you guys, for those that maybe couldn't make it here today and and uh, they're watching online. I don't know if you know, we have people watching as far as New Zealand, across the world. Give them some love that's online today. We love you guys. Hope and pray you'll come and see us in person sometime. All right. So today, I am so thankful that you are here celebrating Dad's Day. And I'm so thankful today uh, that I have my daughter Chloe up here with me. Will you guys make her welcome? Thank you, guys. It's an honor uh, to be here, to be up here Definitely an unexpected thing for me. This is not my thing, if you know me well at all, Um, but nonetheless an honor for sure. Um, My dad was ordained two months before I was born, so that was August of 97, and then I was born October of 97, so he's been a pastor my whole life. Um, Freedom launched when I was only four years old, so I've had the privilege of seeing so much fruit over the years. Um, not only in my own life, but in the lives of so many. Um, I came to know Jesus at five through mm-hmm. the ministry of freedom. Yes. I was baptized here. I found my husband here through student ministry. Um, and we get to raise our family here now. So it's just such an honor to yes. be here and to be a part of the existence to reach people to know God. Yes. And, you know, when you, uh, I'm just today as we continue our series on the Ten Commandments, what is so cool about it? Actually, the way that we didn't plan this, this is a God thing, it actually fell on the fifth commandment today, which is talking about honoring your father and mother. So I kind of threw a curveball at Chloe this week, and I said, hey, why don't you help me do this? It would be perfect. One generation to the next, so I'm so thankful for her helping me with this today, and she's on staff here at our church, so I'm very thankful for Chloe. So today, I want you to understand something about the Ten Commandments. First and foremost, the Ten Commandments. I want you to memorize them. At the end of the series, there will be a test, okay? For those of you here, we want you to memorize them. But here's one thing I want you to know about the Ten Commandments. Commandment one through four that we've just previously done is about your relationship with God. Now we enter into the next six commandments, starting with the first commandment here, talking about the family when it comes to honoring your father and your mother. Now, why would God use this commandment to talk about the family because Satan's goal, listen to me, your arch enemy, his goal is to dismantle and destroy the foundation of families. Satan began with the first family of Adam and Eve and he's moved on to all other families. So I want you to understand that. So today this affects everybody here. How many of you here are single? Raise your hand. Real high, real high across. Keep, put your hand up high, those of you single. Now if you look around, see what your prospects are. Hey, sometimes it works. (laughs) That's right. So how many of you here are married? Raise your hand. All right. How many of you are married and you're raising children? How many of you are raising children wishing they'd leave? No, just kidding. Don't don't raise your hand. Make your your kids feel funny about that. But anyway, today we're going to talk about 
giving honor and living honorably. That's what we're going to talk about today. So the problem is with me asking her, my daughter, to come up here is that she could really throw me under the bus if she chose to. So I hope and pray Chloe doesn't do that. However, I'm honored to have Chloe up here with me, representing all three of our girls, and uh, just so thankful for her. Now, let me ask you this. When it comes to honoring your father and mother, I want to ask you something. I want you to be very candid and very truthful. How many of you here have had a tough time with the fifth commandment? Would you be honest enough to raise your hand? Yes, I understand that. Chloe's going to read this commandment, and then we're going to break it down. So Exodus 20, verse 12 says, Honor your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land your Lord your God is giving you. So to honor, like what does that mean? We really need to dive into the word honor. And the original Hebrew word consists of the same letters as the Hebrew word heavy. So to honor is a heavy thing. And uh, to honor properly, we need to uh, carry that weight of honor and not make it a light thing. Uh, it's a myth in the Western culture that the this commandment is subjective to ages 0 to 18. You know, mm -hmm. when you're in your parents' household, that's when you're supposed to honor, that's when you're supposed to obey. But parental honor is really a lifelong commitment. And although the way that honor looks may change, um, the commandment stays the same. Yeah, so let's take a look at the rest of the verse here. In the last part of verse 12, it says, Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So, Chloe, how long do you think you're going to live? I hope the Lord <laughs> will bless me with a long life. So, I ask you that question. You might ask yourself that question. I ask myself that question, how will we honor our, our parents? The command here that we read, it gives a promise and a reward, but it also gives a reason. If our society will honor their parents, then our society is going to thrive. But if the society doesn't do that, then our society will not thrive. As a matter of fact, it will not survive. The Bible doesn't, listen to this, the Bible doesn't tell us to love our parents. The Bible does tell us to love God, tells us to, to be able to, to love your neighbor. It even tells us to love your enemies. But there isn't anywhere in the Bible that tells us to love our parents, but it does tell us to be able to honor our parents. There's not anywhere in the Bible that tells us to honor anyone else but our parents. Look at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2 and 3, what the Apostle Paul told the church at Ephesus. It says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on earth. And honor is a choice um, because every parent is flawed. My dad has been a pastor my whole life, and a lot of people think pastors are supposed to appear a certain way or be a certain way. But I can uh, firsthand tell you this man is not perfect. You didn't have to tell him that. <laughs> but as you grow you up. just kick me clean off the pedestal. <laughs> as you grow up and you get your own thoughts and uh, seeing, thoughts? Li living with Your three someone. sisters have a lot of thoughts, <laughs> yeah. But it's no secret that my dad runs wide open. He loves to be busy, stay busy, and that's the way God made him. But when I'm talking to him, I can tell you just by looking at him whether he's actually listening to me or not. Um, and another thing that I can tell you about my dad is you do not want to be around him when he is tired or when he is hungry because he gets a little grumpy. <laughs> Uh, but like most men, if you keep him fed and he's well-rested, he's, he's a fine man to be around. Um, but God 
God made him that way, and God used our parents to make us. He made every single one of us unique. Um, the Bible says in Psalm 139, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So God created each of us in a very unique way, and he used your parents to begin that purpose. That's true. Listen, there are accidental parents, listen to me, but there are no accidental babies. There are illegitimate parents, but there's no illegitimate babies. I want you to understand that. And you might ask, why did God give me my parents? Because it was their DNA, DNA of dad. DNA of mom, and God used that to be able to create you. And listen, God it, it was more interested in you than what your parents have in parenting skills, whether the parents are good, bad, or ugly. So today, let's talk about honoring for this. First and foremost, honoring your parents is a choice. And first and foremost, that choice is by obeying them. Now, I can tell you right now with my three girls, I'll, Chloe gets the credit that she learned a lot from her two older sisters on how to not get in trouble as much, but she still got in trouble. And I remember one particular time, it's hilarious, that she got in trouble and I whipped my kids. Now, you might think you don't want to whip your kids, but the Bible says if you spare the rod, you hate your children, okay? That's what it says. That's Bible, okay? So I did this in a, in a very good way. That's what the Botox is there for. Then we would pray and all that kind of stuff if they got in trouble to get that far of, a, of discipline. So I remember one time Chloe got in trouble. She'd done something bad enough to be able to have to be disciplined. And so she goes to her room. She's like two years old, okay? At two years old, this kid was using full sentences and carrying on conversations with you. And so she said, Dad, I'll be back in a minute. I'll be back in a minute, Daddy. And I didn't know what she was doing. Next thing I know, she comes out of her bedroom, walks down the hall, and her butt looked about this big because she had put on like eight pull-ups. I thought, here comes the Michelin girl. No, I looked like J-Lo. <laughs> but there was no fooling you. I only thought no, I, only it, thought it, I it's could. It's hard to discipline your kid when they try to keep it from hurting that bad. I think you ended up laughing more than, uh, more than anything. But... It's, it's something. So, But look at Ephesians 6 and 1. It says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. See, here's what I want, I want you to share something with you about honoring your parents as a choice. You honor the, their authority because of their position. It doesn't necessarily mean that the person has earned that, but you honor the position above the person. And then there's three authorities that you have on earth that God ordained. It is the home, it is church, and it is the government. And as a naive kid, a lot of kids will say, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Well, I'll tell you this much, they might not tell you what to do, and you might not hold down a job very well, you know? That's true. And uh, honor does not always equal obedience. And while we should always strive to obey our parents, if our parents instruct us to do something that's against God and against his word, then we are to obey God above our parents. Um, and we're born into a sinful world. I have two daughters and one little boy on the way. And Hi, Jonas. <laughs> this is Jonas here. My oldest daughter, though, is only three. And um, I would love to tell you that as much as I've had the privilege of raising her so far. Children are innocent, but I would love to tell you that when I tell her to do something, the first thing out of her mouth is, yes, ma'am, or yes, mommy. But that is a constant daily battle because there is so much sass in that little body. And the fact is, um, 
Obedience doesn't come naturally, and it takes intentionality. And when you choose to honor, you also have to commit, which brings us to our second point. Honoring your parents is a commitment. Mm -hmm. And one way to fulfill that commitment is by respecting them. Mm -hmm. Leviticus 19.3 says, Each of you must show great respect for your mother and father, and you must always observe my Sabbath days of rest. I am the Lord your God. Now, when you think about parent flaws, the first 10 years of life, she thought I was it, okay? The second 10 years of life, she thought I had lost my mind. I thought an alien took her body over. But then by the third decade of your life, you scratch your head and feel like mom and dad is really good. But when she was a teenager, just like her sisters, they, a lot of times they thought dad and mom were dumb, you know? So despite our flaws, you know, we're going to have issues and things like that. But you have to practice forgiveness with one another and your family always. You honor them and in, in how you respect them and talk to them. It's so important. But not only by respecting them, it's also to be able to honor them is by listening to them. Listen to what Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 1 says in the message. It says, intelligent children listen to their parents. Foolish children do their own thing. Listen, you don't have to listen necessarily, but you do it out of respect. You do it out of honor. Parents aren't going to be always be right, but they know you better than anyone else knows you. And you got to give, you give them credit. Hey, a broken clock is right twice a day, right? Okay? So just because your mom and dad don't have it all together doesn't mean that they don't have occasional wisdom to be able to for you to listen to, you know? That's right. Proverbs 23, 22 in the message says, listen with respect to the father who raised you. And when your mother grows old, don't neglect her. So we must choose to listen, even if sometimes it's not what we want to hear. Um, a lot of times we let trials and emotions and sometimes other people uh, cause us to dishonor our parents, both publicly and privately. And if we're not confident in who we are in Christ and who he made us to be, it can be easy for us to be swayed or mm -hmm. to let our honor and therefore our actions go by the wayside and be influenced by the environment around us. Like he was saying, as teenagers, it's easy to honor your parents to their face and then go bash them to your friends, or which isn't true honor. Uh, a commitment to honor becomes harder, mm -hmm. though, as we grow up. We become independent. We get mm -hmm. our own responsibilities, our own families. Um, so it's harder to be consistent That's in true. that honor. That's true. Uh, we often choose to honor when it's convenient instead of committing to honor regardless of the situation or the circumstances. True. So the next stage is where most of you are that we're talking about. Honoring your parents is a challenge. And it is a challenge by appreciating them for their effort and their sacrifice. And some of you might be thinking right now, and it's just hit your mind, what's to appreciate? Imagine, though, how easy it would have been if they'd never had you. Imagine that. So think about this. Think about how maybe you created gray hair in mom and dad's head. Uh, imagine this. When's the last time that you thanked your parents? Let me say again. When's the last time you thanked your parents for putting up with you. Kids are expensive to raise. I can tell you that right now. Uh, when it comes to, we, we looked it up. When it comes to raising a child, did you know just the basic necessities from zero to 18 is a quarter of a million dollars to, to raise a child? And let me tell you something, a decision, a lot of times you can spend money on yourself, but when you got kids, you got to spend it on them. And I raised three girls. How many of you have girls? Raise your hand. Girls are expensive. Can you say amen? 
They are expensive. And, and grandkids are expensive now, huh? Oh, they're really expensive. The other day, one of my grandkids got hurt. My wife gave her $100. I said, you keep that up. We're going to be broke. I thought, you can't let that out. That's not good. So when it comes to basic necessities of food and clothes and school and braces, it just gets expensive. And then when you look at us as fathers, fathers, there are four stages really to a man's life. You believe in Santa Claus. You don't believe in Santa Claus. You become Santa Claus. And then as you grow older, you look like Santa Claus. So it's just kind of tough, you know. Proverbs 23 and 25 says, So give your father and mother joy. May she who gave you birth be happy. See, out of all the cultures, Western culture, this is the truth, is the only one that adults, as they get older, they get less respect. Their friends die off. They're no longer needed in the marketplace as they once was. As their grown kids get grown and they begin to have families and they focus on their kids, the older the parents get, we feel and can feel like a fifth wheel. So if your parents are living, they need to know that they had a great impact on your life. Affirm them, stay in touch with them, call them, visit them, be with them, love them. It's so important. But something else, not only do we appreciate them for their efforts and for their sacrifice, we also are to be able to provide for them. You say, what do you mean? By taking care of them. They took care of you, right? So you need to take care of them. And I know a lot of, probably a lot of families in here, you're raising your own kids and, and now you've got your parents are getting up in age and it's called the sandwich generation. But here's what's really sad. Even if a, when a husband dies, you know, who's going to be the one to take care of the elderly woman? Who's going to be the one to take care of the elderly mom? It just, it's, a, it's a domino effect. Yeah, in 1 Timothy 5, 1 through 4, it says, Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would your own father. Talk to younger men as you would your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother, and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God, and I want to please God. How many of you, when you get to the end of your life, just say, yeah, I want to yes. have pleased God in my life? Yes. Think about this. It's talking about taking care of and providing for them when they get older. I don't know if you realize this, but when Jesus was on the cross, there are seven things that Jesus spoke while he was on the cross. If you've never thought about that, I'll challenge you to go home this week and read about it. Seven things that Jesus said. But one thing when Jesus was dying for you and me that he said while he was on the cross, he looked at John, his friend, and says, take care of my mother. He modeled this while he was dying for you and me. And you know what? You honor God when you honor your parents that God used to create you and me. Now, whether it's good, it's bad, or it's been ugly. Those of you that's here, maybe you've had your parents that's hurt you. Maybe they've hurt you verbally, physically, emotionally, or maybe, God forbid, sexually. Maybe they just simply weren't there for you. And I know that pain is immense today when it comes to Father's Day. And, and here's what I'll tell you, whether it was either parent, their judgment will be severe. God doesn't want you to overlook it. God doesn't want you to deny it or repress it or act like it didn't even happen. 
when you've been hurt by your parents, you're going to be tempted to hurt them back. That's the sad part. Yeah, you carrying these burdens alone gives place for the devil to tempt you to take it out on others, um, whether that's mm. your parents or your spouse, your kids. And the truth is, harboring bitterness is no way to live. And we no. never know when our last moment on earth is going to be. So we need to give those burdens to our eternal father so that mm -hmm. we can live a free life and ultimately an honorable one. And not only that, when we think about the command today to give honor, also we should live an honorable life. You know, and I want to challenge all of you as parents to live as honorable as you can and to be a godly example to your kids. And if you're a single parent here today, my heart goes out to you, especially because you have challenges that are different than other families and you have challenges that are much greater. However, listen to me today to all of you that are fathers or your father-to-be. Listen to me closely. The utmost important for you is to understand that you are the one to bring solidity to your family. You're to be the spiritual leader of your family, not your wife to be the spiritual leader or your kids. You're to lead your family spiritually, and you're to be in that home, even through the good times and the bad times. And here's something I want to share with you. I know stats can be subjective, but listen to what I'm going to share with you that I found. It says that 71% of high school dropouts come from a fatherless home. 90% of homeless and runaway kids come from fatherless homes. 85% of all youth sitting in prison today come from fatherless homes. Fatherless sons are 300% more likely to end up in a juvenile institution. Fatherless daughters who marry have a 92% higher divorce rate. Fatherless daughters have more than 111%. They're more likely to have children when they are teenagers. Yeah, so really all of these statistics really just show how vital a father's role is yes. in the home. Um, and can we just give another hand for our fathers that yes. are yes. taking on that commitment and fulfilling what God called them to do? So we've talked about how that we can live honorably by honoring our parents, but now we want to talk about just as Christians, uh, we're to live an honorable life. Mm -hmm. And the first way that we do that is to love God exclusively. Can you yes. say that with me? Love, love God, God exclusively. exclusively. Yes. In Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5, it says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And the Hebrews would recite this next part three times a day. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And many of us, if not most of us, um, it can be hard. We might love God with a little bit of our hearts. It can be easy to say, you know, I love you, God. I love you with my whole heart. I'm living my life for you. But in reality, we're just... Um, only giving him a piece of us. And that's one of the most dangerous things that we can do for our children mm -hmm. um, is to expose them to just a little bit of God. And if they get to the mm -hmm. end of uh, us raising them and they find themselves knowing just a little bit of God or him being just this little part of our life um, and not knowing him in a personally and intimate life-changing mm -hmm. way, um, that's one of the most dangerous things we can do. And the truth is this world has a lot of distractions exactly from right. loving God. Yes. And uh, parents, I just want you to think. A lot of times what we do, especially in this country, we think, I'll give my kids more than I had. 
So we pour into our careers to be able to not just give our kids their needs, but we pour in to be able to give them their wants. And, and we want to give them the best opportunity for sports. We want to give them the best opportunity for hobbies. And so we end up filling their schedule with all kinds of stuff. And so the whole family gets so busy. And here's the thing about it. When they get 16 years old, they have to have a car. And if they don't get a car when they're 16, they think it's child abuse. And so all the while, you're saving for them for a greater education. Yet, we're not careful. We're not really giving them what they really need, which is a rich, deep relationship with God alone through his son, Jesus Christ. And if we're not careful, here's what happens. We end up being child-centered parents rather than God-centered parents in our homes. And our lives will just revolve around our children rather than revolving around God. And what's so important that you understand about this is that whenever I'm out and about in our great community that I love so much, I, sometimes I bump into families. And I'll tell you what I won't do. I won't do because I know this from people that's had conversations that's close to me. When I see you, if you haven't been here in a while, I'll just say it's nice to see you. I'm not going to say, where you been? Because you already think it in your mind. Am I right? Say amen. When you see me out and about and Here's what I hear from people, and I'm just being very candid with you. What I hear from people is that they'll say, well, you know, Pastor, well, you know, it's good to see you. You know, we had not been in a while, but a lot of times they just dump on me. You know, we had not been in a while. We've just been really busy. You know what I think? What hits me in my mind? So I think you love God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and your strength, but yet you don't have time to worship the God who gave you a heartbeat. You don't have time to worship the God who gave you breath. You don't have time to worship with God's people and honor his name. That's what comes to my mind. And so what kind of message do you think, parents, that sends to your children whenever you haphazardly show up at his house? Yeah, and it, it ultimately boils down to where does God rank? Uh, because it's not what you say or not even what your intentions are, but what your actions are. And as yes. parents, the best thing that we can do for our children is to love God with all of our hearts. So we not only live an honorable life by loving God exclusively, but also by leading your family intentionally. Mm -hmm. And this spiritual leadership for families that God designed comes from uh, the book of Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 9. It says, And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road. So when you're driving to school, t-ball practice, gymnastics, so oftentimes it can be so much easier than we make it to just interweave God throughout their childhood. When you're going to bed and when you're getting up, tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So when we intentionally lead our family spiritually, spiritual talk becomes something more than just on the way to church or just checking mm -hmm. off our to-do list that we go to church on the weekends. Um, my sister got me a shirt that says, Raising Tiny Disciples, and it's one of my favorite shirts because it's so true. Um, our children are our first assignment, yes. and as parents, we're called to lead them spiritually. You know, I was thinking, as, Shanda, as uh, Chloe and I was preparing this way, and I was thinking about how that Shanda and I were intentional in leading our family, especially when our kids were at home, and to lead them spiritually. And one thing that we did, we really valued family time. 
And, and, and when it come to church, church wasn't an option of the week. It was the only option on Sunday unless we were sick or out of town or on vacation or something like that. And something about our kids, we only let them have one activity at a time. And uh, there wasn't going to be a job or there wasn't going to be any kind of sport that would get in the way or interfere with us going to church on Sundays and being a part of the church family. We were very intentional about our family nights. We were very intentional about having our family devotion and prayer. Before they would go to school and you could do it however you want to, we were together having devotion and having prayer with my kids because we were entering a day. And in that day, we do not know what that day holds. None of us do when we disperse and go our different ways. And whenever we would discipline them and they get in trouble, the greatest form of discipline that I love was getting them to quote scripture. Yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. They quoted scripture, and uh, they didn't get uh, an allowance. They had to earn what they got. And I remember Colossians 3 and children, three and 20, it said, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. And that's what they would have to quote to us, and they knew what it was. And whenever they would get in squabbles, their mom was very proactive about this. She'd make them hug. For a long time. Instead of sticking her nose in a corner, she'd make them hug each other. I thought it was so silly. And now I find myself with two girls. And when they get in trouble or when they argue, I'm like, okay, let's hug it out. Hug it out. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it works. It works, I'm telling you. But also something that we were very, very much proactive about as, as mom and dad, but also as husband and wife. Uh, Shannon and I started dating. I won her heart. We got married. We didn't have children. Then we started having children. We continue to date even through our parenting season. And now we still date and we're more in love than more and now than ever before. And you say, why do you say that? Because if you're not careful, you lose sight of your husband and wife relationship. And you end up being centered on your kids and life revolves around them. And you forget about exercising that love relationship with your, with your husband or wife. And then when they vacate your home, you look at each other and you say, who are you? Because you spend all the time just on your kids. And I don't know if you know this, but there's a very high divorce rate from 45 to 55 years old. So it's so important that you understand that and, and you guard your marriage. But also, when it comes to family situations, our kids always talk to us about what they were praying about. 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, cast your cares upon the Lord because, they, because he cares for you. And whatever they were praying about, we were praying about. Whatever situation is now this might be countercultural to you but it set our family standard for our family yeah and not every family standards or even your own personal convictions are going to be the same but the fact is god chose you as parents and to be the parent mm -hmm. of your little ones and you're in charge and just because everyone else is doing something it doesn't mean that it's necessarily the right standard mm -hmm. for your family uh, so don't be so concerned about your children's immediate happiness as right. you are their holiness and their full pursuit of God in the long run in every single way. So right, you, right. you may say, how, how do we lead them? Um, the Bible describes it as training. In Proverbs 22, 6, it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So we are to initiate, to dedicate, and to train our kids in the way that they should go. Mm -hmm. And when they see the fruit of that and when they see the fruit of our lives and our actions, then when they, when they get to the end of growing up in your home, whatever they may say, you know what? Godly living, it truly does work. It does. And so let me ask you a question. How many of you here, you truly love your kids and your grandkids? Raise your hand. Yeah, I believe that about all of you. And 
And here's something about as we're wrapping up. Our, our parental priority or our parental role is to transfer, listen, listen to me close, this is so important. Our parental role and our responsibility is to transfer dependence that they're no longer depending on us, but they're depending on God. And that's so important. You know, I had a little tough time whenever this little one left the house. It wasn't that. I had a tough time when they all left. But you know, it wasn't the same anymore. We were entering a new season. But what I thank God for today is that I watch Cody and Lily. I watched Caleb in India, and I watched Jared and Chloe. And now they're raising their kids to have dependence upon God because we raised our kids to have dependence upon God. When they have situations in their home, I don't have to worry about where they're looking for answers. They're looking to our Heavenly Father for answers. So how do we do that? We just love God exclusively. It starts with us. And we lead our families intentionally. Look at Romans chapter 2 and verse 7. It says, He will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers. We are serious here at Freedom Church about being able to partner with each of you to become the best fathers, to be able to come become the best mothers you can be and lead your kids to be fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ and all these activities that we all seem to get involved with man they're going to pass away but if you expose your children to the great truths of God that's what's going to last now and for eternity if you're going to teach them about God's power you teach them about God's goodness you teach them that there's power in prayer you teach them about God's faithfulness that God can be trusted you teach them about the truth of his word you teach them about the infilling of the power of the Holy Spirit that God will empower us that God will lead us and God will counsel us and God will guide us and God will correct us now and forever the most important thing you'll ever do is to be able to lead your kids to know Jesus that Jesus gave his life for them and when they know who they are in Christ they are ready to go into the world and make a difference and I see that in my kids and I thank God they were never perfect but they knew who was and they live for him now and that's a legacy that we all want to pass along. Would you stand with me as we pray? And we're going to have a special time of prayer here. And I want you to be a part of this. Father, right now, God, we come to you today to thank you, God, for this amazing day. We thank you for the opportunity, God, to be able to call on your holy presence, God, to speak to us, challenge us, stir us in a life-changing way, Heavenly Father. God, we love you so much, and we thank you for loving us first, and we love you with everything in us, God. And then, God, out of an overflow of that, God, we pray, God, that we will do our part to lead those around us into your love. God, we love you so much, and we thank you, God, for every parent here. 
God, we thank you, God, that you use the DNA of each one to create each of us, God. So let us, God, love them, and may we, God, see you do amazing things through this. We thank you, precious Father. God, bless every family here. Protect every family here. Be with every family here. God, we pray, God, for a power-filled parents, God, that are led of you, Lord, with your values and your strength and your power, God. We pray for every child here, God, that they're going to see Christ in their parents and they're going to receive Christ in their hearts. And God, do amazing things in these families to have an impact on all those that we know in our circle of life. Right now, as we continue praying, I want to do something very special. I want to ask all of the fathers... And the fa if you're a father-to-be, you're expecting with your family. I want to ask you if you would to step out. I'm going to ask you to come forward. If we're just going to have a special time of prayer for you. If you would, just go ahead and step out, dads and dads-to-be. Just come right on. The rest of you, give them some encouragement. Would you do that right now? Give them some encouragement. We love our dads. You guys make your way on in and come on up here, dads. Man, aren't they an awesome group? You guys give them some more love, man. We appreciate it. Being in the house of the Lord today. God bless them. God bless them. You guys come on up. Man, you guys come on in. You guys come on over. I just want to talk to you guys. Don't worry. Y'all just come on down this way. Come down this way. I'm not going to make you do anything out of the way. I just want to talk to you just for a minute. Here's what I want to tell you guys. You're a special group of people here today. You know why? Because God gave all of us as dads, the responsibility of leading our home spiritually. God did not give that to our wives. God gave that job to us as husbands and fathers. That's God's order in his scripture. And if you leave that order, listen to me, if you leave that order, and you don't do that order of God, what he tells us, then you forsake God's presence in your life. If you leave that order, that's God's way. You're the spiritual leader of your home. And so here's what I want to tell you. It's a great song this week that I was thinking about. Maverick City does it. talks about no fear for the future. And it says, no fear for the future you are. Think about that. You don't have to fear. God's got it says sin is not my story you are it says heartbreak it's not my hope you are it says death is not the end you are so you just look to God for strength gentlemen when the enemy tries to come at you don't look at him look at God and say God I need you to be my strength when temptation looks at you, comes at you, just shun the appearances of evil and say, I'm going to be the best father I can be. I want to pass on a legacy of, legacy of faith to my children. And I'm telling you, God can do it through each of you. And I'm so proud of each of you being here today. So I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you to be the dads God created you to be, to be the granddads God created us to be. And I'd like to ask the rest of you to stand your hands out toward all these fathers. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, today for every father in the house. We thank you most of all, Heavenly Father, that you're in the house and through your Son in our hearts as Christians. God, we thank you for every believer here today. 
Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, for every father here that's walked up front. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will bless them, God, today. Give them strength and energy to keep their eyes upon you, be led of your Holy Spirit, to be the spiritual leader of their homes. I pray, God, that you will bless them, that you will be with them, that you will favor them. God, and your face will shine upon them as they lead, guide, and protect their homes in your will and in your way. Bless them with strength and energy to do so in Jesus' name. Right now, as we continue praying with heads bowed and eyes closed, the greatest decision you'll ever make is to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And today, if you don't know Jesus as Lord, today is the day for you. Today is the day of salvation. So if you feel the Lord Jesus knocking on your heart up here as a dad or, or anyone in the audience here today, if you feel him knocking, just open your heart to him right now and say, Lord Jesus, today's my day. Just tell him that, Lord Jesus, today's my day. I ask you to come into my heart. Tell him, say, I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sin and wrongdoing. Tell him, say, I believe in you, Lord, that you came for me, you died for me, and you rose for me. Save me, Jesus. My life is yours. Right now, if you prayed that and you meant that from the depths of your soul and you feel the peace that passes all understanding has come in your heart, would you lift your hand real high to heaven and give God honor? Just lift your hand real high across the auditorium and say, I've given my life to Christ. God bless you. God bless you. I see those hands. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Father, we praise you and we thank you, God, for salvation in the house today. Thank you, God, for each one. May you bless them, God, richly and immensely as they begin a journey following you, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, that your hand be upon them. Again, bless all of our dads today and find us faithful in the kingdom effort to be able to leave a legacy of faith in you to the ones that you have given us to be able to watch over. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people say amen. Let's give God praise, church. All right. God bless you, dads. Thank you. And God bless you. As you make your way back to your seats, man, we've got a couple of wonderful things to do right now. We're going to give back to God. And, uh, and don't take off anyone unless you have an emergency. Uh, got something very important, some gifts for the dads and, and a couple of things that's very, very important. So right now, we're going to give back to God in a way of tithes and offerings. So thank you for the opportunity, God, that we get to give back to you. You can do that electronically. They'll tell you how to do this here on the screen. You can do it on, uh, on the app. You can do it on the computer. You can do it on the kiosk out there. You can do it tangibly as you leave today. But thank you for your faithful giving at Freedom Church that we can continue to reach people to know God locally and globally. I'm going to pray over this, and then I'll share a couple of important things with you, men, and in a, in, in a surprise that we're unleashing today. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we honor you. God, thank you for this amazing day. Thank you for the opportunity to give back to you. God, every heartbeat and every breath you give us to be able to have the, the blessings of resources and finances you give us. You just ask us to bring that off the top, to be a blessing in your kingdom, and most of all, be obedient to you. May we be good stewards of that to reach people to know you, God, and we love you and praise you. And everybody says, amen, amen. All right.